Entrepreneur on Fire, 921. And you cannot prejudge just because of someone's clothing or where city they live in or what their job title is or how their hair is combed. What are you waiting for? Tickets to a rocket ship? Visit freepodcastcourse.com and prepare to ignite. Hiring? With ZipRecruiter, you can post to 50-plus job sites, including social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Post a free job at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Ruby is a perfect solution for small businesses that want to make a big impression. Visit callruby.com slash fire and use promo code fire. In addition to your 14-day free trial, you'll receive 5% off plans plus free activation. Entrepreneurs, near and far, John Lee Doom is here and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Tom Singer. Tom, are you prepared to ignite? I am prepared to ignite. Yes. Tom has an eclectic background working in sales, marketing, and business development roles for Fortune 500 companies, law firms, and entrepreneurial ventures. He believes that all opportunities come from people, and when we work together to find cooperative significance with others, we all discover more success. Tom, say what's up to Fire Nation and what's going on in your world right now? John, thank you very much for having me. I, uh, I'm having a good time. I'm a very fortunate guy. I make my living now as a professional speaker and professional master of ceremonies. And I've been doing that full time for six years. I actually got laid off from a corporate marketing job on April 1st, 2009. And at that point, I called my wife and said, I'm going to pursue this dream of, of being a professional speaker. And I think after she got off the floor from the shock... <laughs> Uh, we launched the business, and it took a while to get going, but now I earn my living more than I earned in corporate America. I get to travel, meet very cool people, and I do a program called The Conference Catalyst. I kick off events because the main reason people say they go to all types of business events, conferences, seminars, etc., is for the networking opportunities. But once they get there, John, they often stink at it. And so I have, either as the Master of Ceremonies or the opening keynote speaker, a way of getting people more engaged with each other while they're there, which improves their whole experience of being at the event for two, three, four days. I love that, Tom. And I was recently honored to be a guest on your show. And one thing that we talked about on your program that I thought was so significant that I wanted to share here was you asked me a question and I came back with, if you want to be do, about if you want to be a podcast, you need a podcast. And then you shared about how you wanted to be a speaker and a master of ceremonies and a keynote performer, and, and you did it. And you've done over 450 of these now. Can you speak to that for a second? Sure. I, I had this dream. I was a sales and marketing guy, and you'd go to these seminars and you'd see people like Harvey McKay and some of the other you know, great leaders of the 90s and early parts of 2000, and I, I would think, gosh, I want to do that. That's <laughs> right. so great. But people said, well, you're not famous, and you haven't written a bestseller, and so you know, you'll never be able to do that. And the naysayers were all around me. But there were also people who said, just go do it. And I shared with you when we talked on my show that one of my favorite sort of quotes, or I'm sort of paraphrasing it, is from Stephen King. Somebody told him they wanted to be a writer. And he said, what have you written? And their answer was nothing. And he said, then go write because writers write. And so I take that as speakers speak. So I started while I had a corporate job, I started speaking at Rotary Clubs and other things and inside my company doing training for the lawyers or the accountants that I worked for, teaching them how to get more engaged, how to network in the community. And they liked it and they started referring me. And all of a sudden, you know, I had given a couple of hundred speeches on the side and people started wanting to hire me. So by going out and doing it, I actually became it. 
If you want to write, write. If you want to speak, speak. If you want to podcast, Fire Nation podcast. So whatever that niche, that industry that you and your heart of hearts and your intuition want to do, for gosh sakes, do it. I mean, I can pretty much guarantee without even asking you, Tom, that if we went back and watched speech number two or four or 10, it's not quite at the same level that number 450 was. Oh my gosh, John. I can <laughs> back to some of those early ones and it was like I was putting on a facade of being somebody else I would show up and be speaker man yeah I would people all the pontifications that I could think of right but let me kind of just say here and this is so important for fire nation like that is part of the process and yes it's cringeworthy and I, I know that we don't even want to start there but as part of the process we need to stand on the shoulders of giants to speak for better words on some levels and just learn from what others have done, imitate them on some levels, take what works for our personalities and try to implement it and then see in real time if it does or doesn't and then drive on from there. And like you said, Tom, I mean, those first few for you, cringeworthy, same for me. I mean, that's just a reality of becoming an entrepreneur and good and a master at your craft. It takes time. And Tom, I don't want to mess around here because your mind to me is fascinating. So I want to take a minute and do what I call the one minute mindsets, which are five insights into your mind. And take about 30 seconds, maybe a minute tops to kind of expound upon these. The first one being, ideally, what are the first 80 minutes of your day look like? Wow, I wish I could say that they were just peaceful and quiet, but (laughs) I have two children. And they're ages 17, soon to be 18, and uh, 13. And they've got to get out the house and get to the bus, and the 17-year-old drives to school. And so part of the day is my wife and I get up, and there's, you know, my wife does most of the work. If she ever listens to this, and I was to say, (laughs) we make the breakfasts, you know, she'd be like, yeah, sure, we make the lunches and breakfasts. She does all the work. But I'm there to sort of coach getting the kids out of the house. But then I jump in to writing because I am more creative, whether I'm preparing a speech or whether I'm writing an article or if I'm just blogging just to sort of clear my mind, I write best in the morning. If you ask me at three o'clock in the afternoon to do some creative work, it's just not going to happen to me. So the ideal hour, hour and a half first part of my morning is where I jump in on a creative project. I love looking at it like we have a creative gas tank and Fire Nation, when you wake up in the morning, your gas tank's full, okay? You've just had hopefully a nice night's sleep of good REM. And if you've used Sleep Cycle, the great app that I use, you'll you'll know exactly how much REM you've received. And you're off to the races. Do you want to be using that gas to check out emails, to look at social media right now? I mean, right at the beginning with that great grade A gasoline right at the top? Or do you want to be using it for something creative like writing? And I think that's something to really think about Social media, emails, they can always come later. You can always get on somebody else's agenda later, but treat yourself first, Fire Nation. Now, Tom, I want to talk about what you consider your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur. Well, I'm a, I'm a classical solopreneur, so I'm a one-man show for the most part. And every now and then, I'll get someone to help me with a project or I'll do a joint venture. But my biggest weakness is I'm not very good at letting go of the reins. I, I tend to want to do everything. I, my, uh, the publishing company I'm with, my business partner for that company, he has a virtual assistant. And he's always saying, get her to book your travel. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I have to know when I leave because I have such weird connections. 
I can't let go of the minutia, and that's by far my biggest weakness. I'm like Mr. App Recommender today. So get the app TripIt, and then as soon as your VA books your trip, she just forwards it to your special email for that, and it just pops right up in your TripIt, and it's there for you. All the connections, all the if there's any delays, it's amazing. It'll be a game changer, and, you, and you'll feel like you're in the know all the time. And Fire Nation, don't be a micromanager. You're not going to be able to scale and leverage your business, your knowledge, your brand, unless you're willing to give things away. And it's not easy. But what I want to talk about now, Tom, is the opposite. Your biggest strength. I think my biggest strength is that I absolutely love people. I love finding out what their stories are. I love I love meeting new people. I like looking for the connections. I, I gave a speech the other day, and on off the cuff, you know, things come out of your mouth. I happened to mention that I went to Arcadia High School in Southern California, and then I went on with my speech, and afterwards, this woman who was like, much older than me, came up to me afterwards and she said, I also am an Arcadia Apache and we both <laughs> live in Texas. So, you know, who, who knew? So I got really excited about that connection. So I really like people. And the second piece is I absolutely love what I do. I have people all the time when I finish a presentation come up to me and say, wow, you really are passionate about what you do. And I'm like, yes, that is without question. And I think that becomes a huge strength. That's huge. It's a huge strength. And whenever people say, John, you bring so much energy to every episode, I just say, because I love having these conversations with people like Tom and all the other great entrepreneurs I get to talk to. Like, I truly feel that way. So what lights you up inside Fire Nation? What gets you fired up? And that's going to shine through. And it shines through so clearly on voice and video. Just really take that in. So Tom, you have some good habits. You have some bad habits. What's a habit you wish you had? Well, I wish I was better at being dedicated to working out. I listen to your show and a bunch of <laughs> shows where they interview entrepreneurs and there's these people with like, you know, great abs and really strong arms who are sitting there talking about their routine of their shake every morning and, and how they get to the gym no matter what. And if they're traveling, they find the hotel gym or they go for a run. And I think, wow, that would be such a great habit to have. I'm, I'm almost 50 years old and I'm, you know, I'm not like in horrible shape. I mean, I always, whenever I complain about it, people go, oh, you look great. And I guess by, you know, the greater standards I do, but you know, at 48 years old, I get up in the morning and it takes a while for the knees to move. Mm -hmm. I never was an athlete. I was kind of, I forget the term for it when you're a kid. Oh, lame-o. So I wasn't picked <laughs> first. For <t> I wasn't picked first for like baseball and volleyball and things like that. So I never got into sports because I was bad at it as a kid. And because of that now, I don't have really good workout habits. I'm trying to improve that and I'm improving my diet, but I wish I was good at it, John. Well, I can proudly say that I'm still picking the chia seeds out of my teeth right now from my great green power shake this morning, but I still don't have the abs, Tom. <laughs> what can I say? I want them, but I don't have them yet. Maybe my mentor, Sean Stevenson, is going to get me there. Sean, if you're listening, crack down on me, buddy. So, Tom, what is the one thing that has you most fired up right now? So I'm most fired up at all the creativity I'm seeing in the meetings business. I mean, I've been doing this full time for six years as a speaker and an MC and as a breakout you know, leader and a workshop person. And before that, I was doing it part time for about four years. So with a decade now of being part of the meetings business, I'm really excited about all the creativity that I'm seeing in the people who are organizing these meetings. They're willing to step out of the box. I had a, a big client, a big association that I'm going to be speaking for in April, uh, one of their people called and said, hey, while you're there, would you mind doing some other stuff for us? And I'm already there. They're already paying me well. Of course, I'm willing to help. But they said, are you willing to, and the guy paused and he said, play. Mm. 
I said, yes, yes. I don't even know what that means, but yes, I'm willing to play. <laughs> They're going to have me do some stuff uh, on video and things like that that are out of my normal and out of my comfort zone. But I get so excited when the client is willing to try new things because when they're willing to try new things, I, I can't fail, right? Because we're experimenting. We're playing together. Ooh. So I'm seeing more and more of that in people who are organizing meetings. And it's a perfect fit for me when people want to be out of the box because to launch your conference with a guy who's going to talk about how do we make our conference better, you got to be willing to play from the start. So when they're willing to play, they're more likely to hire me and vice versa. I like that phrase, are you willing to play? Because to me, that just brings the right connotation to the conversation. And also, I love how you said it's going to bring you out of your comfort zone. Because to me, Tom, it, it always brings into mind this great image that will always be with you when I talk about comfort zones. And, you know, it's this big kind of fluffy circle, looks like a cloud. And then inside this great comfortable cloud, it just says comfort zone. Like, that's where we all want to be, you know, in that comfort zone. It's so cozy and fun. But then there's a little black dot, you know, outside of that cloud. And it just says where all the magic happens. Yeah, I agree. You know what I'm saying? All the magic happens outside of your comfort zone, Fire Nation. So, Embrace that. So Tom, I want to move forward into your journey as an entrepreneur and really talk about one story specifically to start. This is your worst entrepreneurial moment. So take us there, like really take us to that moment in time and share with us that story. So John, when you spend your life as a speaker, you're on stage, and you probably see this being a, a famous podcaster, people come up to you and say, oh, what a great job. Oh, that was fantastic. Oh, I loved that story. And what happens is it can become very easy to start to believe your own press. <laughs> and a few years ago, I fell prey to this. I mean, I wasn't huge. I'm not famous. I'm not like one of these people who's you know headlining everything. You know, I don't have a New York Times bestseller and all this stuff, but, but I was getting a lot of work, and I was getting some really cool organizations who were hiring me to come in. And I started thinking, well, yeah, they come up and say great speech to me after every speech. I must be great. And I kind of burned a couple of bridges with some people. And I, you know, I teach relationships. I talk about how do you better relationships. So it's sort of embarrassing to say I screwed it up. But I did. I started to get a little bit of an ego. And one of my mentors, a guy named Jim Pancero, who's been a speaker and sales trainer for a long time, he told me, you can't listen to when people come up and say great speech. And I said, you know, he asked me, what do you want people to say when you come off stage? And I'm like, oh, that was great. I want them to say great speech. And he said, Tom, imagine for a minute that you're watching another speaker and they're just okay. They don't stink, but you're glad when they say in conclusion. And he said, now you're at the cocktail party and you turn around and you're alone and it's you and that speaker. What do you say to them? Great speech. <laughs> exactly. You look at them and say, great speech, or at least, hey, I loved that part when you talked about your brother or whatever. And he said, there's a whole slew of people who think they're fantastic presenters because they believe that. And he told me, what you really want people to say is some version of, what else can you do for me? Wow. Meaning, do you have a book? Do you have a podcast I can listen to? Uh, do you do personal coaching? Hey, would that speech work for a group of doctors or lawyers or you know uh, engineers? Because I want to hire you. If they say something that translates to what else can you do for me, you know you've done a good job. And so I learned by burning a couple bridges, and I can think of you know a couple of people in particular where I was cocky and they didn't like me. And so I had to learn that lesson the hard way to remember that great speech doesn't mean I gave a great speech. It means we live in a polite society and I didn't stink. So now when someone comes up afterwards and says great speech, I'm very polite, but I don't let that go to my head. You want people to say, 
How can I get me some more of that Tom Singer content? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, and that's another reason why I feel like it's a blessing to have Kate as part of my team because she is that person that as soon as she sees she starts to see a little bubble kind of forming. She just reaches out and pops that thing. And she's like, bro, get your head back on straight. Let's be honest here. Do I need to go back and play episode 24 for you? Because you were pathetic. <laughs> and I appreciate that. It's huge. So let's move into another story. And Tom, this one, this is going to be a light bulb that you had at some point in your journey. So take us again right to that moment specifically when that light bulb hits you and then walk us through it. So, John, I know exactly when that sort of, I think you call it an aha moment mm -hmm. was. And that is, I, was, I had just started. I was doing this full time for maybe about a year. And the truth was, my family was hemorrhaging cash. I had had a really good corporate marketing job. And all of a sudden, you know, I was the sole, you know, the main breadwinner. We didn't have any income at first. And my wife was very supportive. And she basically said, I will support you burning through cash and burning through credit cards to a degree. And as I was burning through and getting closer to the end of that runway, one of my friends said to me, he goes, when do you quit? And I remember it vividly because he was serious. He was basically saying, go back and get a job. And I said, you know, I know there's a point where financially we hit, we hit the end and I will have to do that. I go, but we're not there yet. And there's still plenty of runway in front of me. And I said, the only thing I know for sure is that 100% of the people who quit at this point never make it as full-time speakers. And I sort of, as I said the words, I was like, aha. And I knew I couldn't quit. And I knew at that moment that even if I went back and took a full-time job, I was going to continue to speak on the side because I couldn't not do it because it's what I wanted to do. And from that, that conversation forward, I always knew that I couldn't quit even if I had to say, take different paths. I couldn't quit because this is what I wanted. And what I love about this story specifically, Tom, is that you in a way – had enforced your aha moment upon yourself. Like so many people, including myself, I was waiting for this light bulb to strike me from the sky and just give me that guidance that I was finally looking for. And, you know, I lucked out and I did kind of have that semi lightning bolt hit me kind of out of the side of the head. But you instead just kind of looked at it and, you know, you looked at it differently and said, I'm going to create this aha moment by reshaping my mind, by having the mindset that I know I need to have in order to be a success. So Fire Nation, if you are like me and we're waiting for this lightning bolt or we're sitting on your laurels thinking that it was going to happen someday, why not? take a proactive stance and get out there and actually make your aha moment happen. And Tom, there's a lot of things we have to discuss in this interview, and we're going to pack in some massive value in what I love to call the lightning round. But before we get there, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. According to a recent consumer report survey, 67% of customers have hung up the phone out of frustration if they could not talk to a real person. Okay, I get it. You're building your business lean, so hiring a full-time receptionist to handle your calls just isn't in the cards. Guess what? It doesn't have to be. Rediscover the lost art of human interaction with Ruby Receptionist, the virtual receptionist who handles your calls with care. Ruby even screens, announces, and transfers your calls to wherever, whenever you want. 
want. They're everything you'd expect from a top-notch receptionist at a fraction of the cost. Exclusive offer, Fire Nation. Use promo code FIRE. And in addition to your 14-day free trial, you'll receive 5% off all pricing plans plus free activation, a $95 value. Visit callruby.com slash fire and enter promo code FIRE. Or better yet, give them a call and experience their service for yourself. Call 855-775-RUBY. Fire Nation, are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 50-plus job sites, including social networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. And with ZipRecruiter's premium traffic boost, you can get up to three times more candidates. Quickly screen applicants, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 200,000 businesses. Right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free and get 30% off your first traffic boost by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Tom, welcome to the lightning round where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Let's do it. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Self-doubt. I wasn't sure. Even though I'm a confident guy, I wasn't sure like that I could do it. And with the naysayers saying, you're not famous and are you really good enough and what do you have? I, I just kept thinking, maybe I can't. I just love remembering when I was starting to like get into the podcasting thing and people were saying the same thing and the naysayers were talking to me. They're saying, but you're not famous. You don't have an internet following. Like you're not a podcaster. And I'm like, well, how does one become any of those things? Don't you have to start from somewhere? Like I just didn't get it. And it's just a reality to me now that none of them did either. So for, yeah, go ahead, Tom. Well, I got laid off and it pushed me out of the nest. And I I sometimes wonder if I hadn't gotten that layoff in the midst of sort of the bottom of the recession, I sometimes fear that the self-doubt might have kept hold of me. And it does for so many. I mean, there's so many times it just, it takes an unforeseen event to push entrepreneurs off the edge and then they become incredibly successful. But don't feel like you have to wait for that, Fire Nation. And Tom, what is the best advice you've ever received? So this advice came from my dad and I was really close with him. He passed away last year at the age of 99. So he was like being raised by a grandfather because he was 52 when I was born. And when I was a teenager, he always told me, be slow to anger and fast to forgive. Slow to anger, fast to forgive. That's so valuable on a lot of reasons because I can remember specifically relationships that I have damaged, some irrevocably, because I wasn't slow to anger. And that's why I have definitely adopted this mentality, Tom. And let me tell you, uh, tell me if this resonates with you. Whenever I'm a little frustrated and I want to send this email out, I send the email. I write the email, I send it, but I send it to myself using Boomerang to come 24 hours later. And then when I receive it, I read it as the recipient would. And I say, is this actually something I want to send 24 hours later? And if it is, I send it. And if it's not, which is usually the case, it's pretty decently reworded. Yeah, I think that's great. And the other piece is be fast to forgive. And that means, you know, realize your friends are human and they're going to say stupid stuff and let it go. Yeah, there's a phrase that I love. It's, to err is human, to forgive 
divine. So I kind of look at it where people, when they do make mistakes, I'm like, wow, you're giving me the opportunity to be divine right now. That's pretty darn cool. (laughs) (laughs) So Tom, do you have a personal habit that you believe contributes to your success? I do. And that is since I was about 26 years old, I write 10 handwritten notes every single week, which means which means I do approximately, and it's, I'm not perfect, maybe it's seven one week and 12 another, but which means I do approximately 500 notes a year. Now, I go to a lot of conferences. I meet a lot of people. Uh, I have a lot of people who refer me stuff, so I'm always trying to say thank you, but I try to send you know, five to 10 you know, handwritten notes every week, which means that I am touching people in a way that says you are more important than an email, a like, a link, a share, or a follow. Wise words. That's a great habit. One I would love to adopt. Tom, do you have an internet resource like Evernote that you can share with our listeners? Absolutely. My favorite is Sign Easy, which is an app that allows you to sign contracts right on your iPhone because you've pre-programmed your signature and you mm. just sort of cut and paste it in and then it resaves it as a PDF and you can email it. So with me being on the road all the time, it used to be someone would say, we want to book you. I would need to wait till I had time on my computer to create, you know, an invoice or whatever and get the contract to them. And then when it would have to be countersigned, I'd have to be at a computer. I'd have to print it and scan it. Now I can just do it all on my iPhone. Oh, I love that. I mean, it's so frustrating to me dealing with banks these days. And they're like, um, can you fax this to me? And I'm like, what is a fax machine? I don't even have a printer in my home. I mean, these are things that, I mean, we got to get with it, Fire Nation. Let's be efficient. I love Sign Easy. That's going to be downloaded to my new i6. And Tom, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? So John, I'm going to go old school with a book that was written in 1989. And I'm sure out of 920 other guests, several have said this, but I'm going to recommend The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. That has been recommended, but it's one of those things. Can it ever be recommended enough? I mean, that book is so huge. And in fact, I am such a habit person that our big opt-in right now on our website is 11 Habits of Successful Entrepreneurs. So Fire Nation, if you haven't read this book and Tom is resonating with you right now, maybe it's time. And guess what? I know you love audio. So I teamed up with Audible. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audio book like this one for free at eofirebook.com. Com. Tom, this next question, it's the last of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? John, I love this question because all food and shelter are taken care yes. of. Once that's taken care of, I can step back and realize that I need in this brand new world, I need people. Because in the old world, every opportunity I had came from the people I know referring me and, and, and you know, introducing me to people and, and giving me you know, recommendations and what's the other word, testimonials. So I need to get out and meet people. So I would take the $500 and I would invest it in the registration fee for as many networking lunches or conferences that I could attend, and I would meet those people for the first time because that's just a foundation. Meeting someone once doesn't make them part of your network. Meeting someone once makes them someone you have met once. Right. So you got to start somewhere. So I'd get out there and I'd meet them, and then I'd invite them for coffee, and I'd send them a note, and we'd chat on the phone or by Skype, and I would build relationships. And this takes time. But if my food and shelter are taken care of, I don't have to have the money rolling in tomorrow. I can invest in people 
And I know for a fact that a year, two years, three years down the road, I'll be right back having successes. Love it. So Tom, let's end today how we started on fire with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way we can connect with you, then we'll say goodbye. Well, the best parting piece of guidance is remember that all opportunities come from people and you cannot prejudge just because of someone's clothing or where city they live in or what their job title is or how their hair is combed. You can't judge who's going to be the person who brings you amazing opportunities or don't forget this part, that you might be able to bring amazing opportunities too. If you just go out and meet people hoping they're going to help you, you're going to get disappointed. You have to be willing to go out there and give as well, but you can't prejudge. So go out there and be nice to everybody and you'll see the results. So if people want to know anything about me, they can find me at TomSinger.com and that's T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. But, but I'll tell your listeners a little secret. If you go to Tom spelled T-O-M Singer, you're still going to find me. Oh, you did the redirect. Brilliant. Love it. And Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with Tom Singer and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. And that's my version of entrepreneuronfire.com, Tom. <laughs> and type Tom, T-H-O-M, it will have to have an H. And his show notes page will pop right up. And Tom... Thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. And for that, my friend, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at 99designs. 99designs helps you start and grow your business with affordable, professional designs. For logos, websites, and even product packaging, 99designs matches you with expert designers worldwide. Get a $99 upgrade of services free at 99designs.com slash fire. That's 99designs.com slash fire. Thank you so much for joining me today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head over to eofire.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Also, if you're an entrepreneur who's prepared to ignite, visit thefirepath.com where your passion and our guidance unite. See you there.